Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Spohr and Nick Pollock. Hello, and welcome to episode 959 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is July 22nd, and it's a Fireside Chat. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined live by Nick Pollock. We're also streaming on Twitch and Twitter, Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on Twitch oh, yeah. and Twitter. How you doing, Nick? It's great to speak with you. By the what fire. is happening? Yes, uh, we're back by the fire, and we're about a week away. Get our from, hands, get I mean, our hands warm. It, not just from the the fire, of course, in front of us, but the hot stove mm-hmm. that's going to be going off soon. Um, I, I can sense some things on the horizon, and you know, today we're going to talk about what uh, what could be happening there. We're going to dive in to a lot of pitchers who could be dealt. Uh, we have a group of 14 starters from different teams of varying levels that could be dealt. I think it could really be, it is a seller's market here because the, what I've been saying is that all the contenders, not every single one, but a vast majority of the contenders need a starter, a reliever, or both. Right. And it's going to create a nice market for these teams that are selling to get some good deals for these guys. And we have a few teams that are in between and they can make some deals. Uh, this next week's going to be very important for a couple squads to determine which side of the ledger they're on. So we've got plenty to talk about. And uh, I'm excited to dive in. Now, do we want to start at the top and work our way down or do we want to start with the lesser guys and kind of move up? Well, let's talk about the obvious ones. Okay, right, who are like the biggest names in sport? You know who the biggest name is? It's Max Scherzer. It's got to be. It has, it has to, to be, be because for a while they played themselves into a situation where it looked like they weren't going to sell. The Nats were playing a lot better, and you're like, okay, they're at least in some fringe contention. Push come to shove, though, they just don't have enough pitching, and to have the extra two teams in between them and the Mets, for as much as the Mets have struggled with health. They just can't really close the gap. They're 45 and 50. I know uh, Soto has really, you know, he mentioned, I hope my bat gets unlocked by the home run derby. You know, a lot of guys say, I hope my swing doesn't get messed up. He went the other way and it has. He's been on fire. But basically his emergence only covers the loss of Schwarber, to be honest. So they didn't really gain there. It's kind of like status quo for as good as Schwarber was. Turner's been great. Josh Bell's even picked it up a bit, but they just don't have enough pitching. Um, And even when they do get good starts, the bullpen blows it. So push come to shove, I think they really need to entertain selling Scherzer. And boy, what a prize that would be. And I know it's kind of boring to put him on the the best team or one of the best teams but it seems like the dodgers would be big into that talk and want to go out and get him absolutely i mean the the dodgers as a whole uh, i've been saying this about tony gonsolin is i'm worried if he's going to really be starting in that second half because the dodgers are going to get at least one guy in this for sure for absolutely and i can see them even getting two me too they've always been after the depth uh, having too many good guys and Gonsolin as someone who hasn't really taken that step forward with the slider so far hasn't really been that excellent arm hasn't gone six innings yet despite starting for uh, a couple weeks now I don't know if they really see him as that dependable guy in August September or even the playoffs and see, he'd be the one out before price in my view I'm bummed because I actually was just recommending him as somebody to get because I do believe that he could have been somebody that they rely upon for the stretch run and and he has plenty of innings in the tank based on missing time so there's not an inning there's not a worry that he would run up on too many innings right. and until that last start against the Giants he'd really been turning it around he had a 180 ERA a sub one WHIP. 22 strikeouts and just seven walks in his last 20 innings. Uh, That was after eight walks in his first two starts against Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Well, then he had another big walk issue against the Giants. And part of me says, okay, it's the Giants. I don't want to freak out because they hurt everybody and they are a very, very, very good offense. But then another part of me looks at exactly what you said. He has not reached six innings yet. Five and a third is his longest. This was his second straight 80-pitch inning game or 80-pitch game, I should say. Mm -hmm. I will say, if they're slowly building him up, there's still a chance. I actually go the other way on the Price versus Gonsolin. I still think Price would be out first personally, but I can't confidently recommend Gonsolin to the same level I was just because I think they could get two, maybe even three starters, Nick. I think they can get a Ooh. premium one and then yeah. two back-end guys because you hit on it perfectly. They love to have depth. 
And just having five to go to or even six, that's not their style. They want seven, eight guys that they can rely on. So you have Kershaw when he gets back and Bueller at the top, Arias just below them, and then they want to have a cluster of guys for those last two spots. And if Gonsolin doesn't take a step, I think his next two starts are going to be instrumental in how well they see him for August and September. Same with Price because he's working his way up. Gonsolin is too, and maybe they are in kind of a, a battle just to determine yeah. who's going to get the big, uh, the big innings trust in August and September. So we're going to see how it goes. But if they Definitely. get Scherzer, watch out. Okay, so okay, I have some I have some thoughts really quickly. One that's really stupid, and I look forward to that one. I'll save that. Uh, but uh, between Price and Gonsolin, I can't get out of my head the fact that Price has always been a starter. This is the year that he's just like, okay, this is my role. While Gonsolin's new, and if we look at the history of younger guys for the Dodgers, they are very quick to, to say, you know what, you're going to be long relief. You're going to be those uh, those you know interesting opportunities that we have. While we trust our veteran guys to actually go five six innings constantly, mm-hmm. and the fact that Price is going to be seventy five to eighty pitches is why I expect he's through about sixty six last time out. He's already you know getting right up to that point that oh yeah he's going to be a starter, and if he succeeds, which he has so far. I think it'd be a really tough move for them to say, okay, Price, we've stretched you out. Now let's pull you back. While Gonsolin, well, yeah, he's only gone 80 pitches three times so far. He has only had one start of five innings that four, uh, five and a third you've seen. Uh, and not, I really do want to hamper on the point that like he has not been as good as I want him to be. His slider has not been the elite pitches, pitch it's been before. His splitter isn't getting as many whiffs. And the inconsistent um, but, control for Gonsolin's been yeah, tough, it's too. Just not, it's just not it. And mm-hmm. here's the craziest thing. You said that they might get all these, uh, you know, more than one guy. <laughs> How stupid would it be? If the Nationals said, you know what, we're not just going to deal you Scherzer, we're going to give you Patrick Corbin too. (laughs) Because, I mean, look, that's four more, uh, three years after this one for Corbin. It's not Mm -hmm. going well, but the Dodgers could see Corbin and say, you know what, you just threw 93 in your last start. Uh, we can, we can figure it out. Yep. Yeah. And sure, it's money, but it's the Dodgers. They don't care. Exactly. And the Nationals would be like, oh, we'll take anything. We'll take anything just to get rid of these contracts, these albatrosses, and we can you know, reset this whole thing. I know that sounds absolutely nuts, and I have no expectation for that, but... But it's the Dodgers. Yeah, you can't rule it out. It's the Dodgers, out. right? And that's kind of a fun idea. Absent that, though, I do want to entertain the idea that maybe we're both right with regards to Price and Gonsolin, um, because they've had the kid gloves on for Urias for his entire career. And I did think that this year is a year that they could start to at least pull them off a little bit. But because it's coming off the COVID year, regardless of how well he's pitching, they might have to pull back just just to protect him the way they have to with every starter. And then there's an X factor in Josiah Gray. He had that debut that had some good and bad mixed in. I'm sure you saw that it was seven strikeouts and I believe 15 swinging strikes on his 77 pitches, but then three homers on the other hand. So there was a good and bad situation there. He's going to get a start this weekend against the the Rockies at home. So Rocky Road, he should be able to dominate them. And if he does, there's going to be a lot of confidence there. How much of a factor is Josiah Gray here Ooh, for, for the Dodgers? Oh, I want him to be. I mean, I, I look, it was a debut, and we don't really treat it like a debut because he had an opener, which was so silly. I'm happy yeah. to let him start next time. I mean, I get it. It's like your debut. You don't want to, like, when you get your feet wet, you don't want to against, go against one, two, and three. Actually, they let him go against seven, eight, nine. Alex sure. Alex was his first batter, who was also who he was traded for. It was weird. Uh, <laughs> you just don't see that at all. But Josiah Gray threw some bad fastballs down the middle. They got crushed. There you go. That's pretty much those three home runs for the most part. He has two really good breaking balls. It's hard to discern them a little bit, slider and curveball. They're very close in velocity gap, but uh, they're great pitches. They're going to allow him to get a ton of those whiffs, as you mentioned. And I think over time, you're going to like Josiah Gray. Uh, I actually got to talk to him on the Talking Pitching podcast that we do uh, back in March. You should uh, give a listen. Anybody listening to this, uh, he's awesome. Like I, That was one of my more favorite uh, Talking Pitching podcasts I've done. He's He's fantastic. And yeah, I really think that could work out. It's just Dodgeritis is a thing. I have no idea how the Dodgers are going to use them. That's and that's the truth. And that's why, again, no matter how it breaks down, even if they like what Urias is doing, um, Gonsolin and Price stabilize and Gray's awesome. They're still going to get at least one guy. Now, if those guys right. all kind of come together, maybe it's not a Scherzer in that case. Maybe it's more of somebody else we're going to talk about, but they're going to add pieces. There's just no doubt about it. Um, and in the end, I do think they're going to overtake the Giants, but I'm not discounting this Giants team. They, I think they're going to make the playoffs and they could make some noise if they stay healthy. So. Now, the, other, the other side of it is I, I'll, you must 
remember this. Remember the Tigers in athletics? Remember when they went back and forth trading? Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to think that Padres and Dodgers are going to do the same thing. They, they, loved, they loved doing trades. Um, right. Do you think they would, they would they, they, come up with something, though? I mean, it's AJ. Like he's can he's gonna do whatever. Like they're they're not afraid to. The only problem is, uh, the Padres' pitching depth is uh, cut into. I mean, with Clevenger already out, yeah, Lamette, Morion, something's gonna Weathers, happen. They have to. They make they a trade to. every year, don't they? They have like an annual. Yeah. <laughs> they have an annual deal, so oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they go with there. But let's move on to our next guy here, uh, because this would be a possibility for the Dodgers among other teams. We don't know if he's fully for sale but he's a top guy if he is and that's jose barrios of the uh, of the minnesota twins they're obviously having a disastrous year i don't think trading him is like so devastating that they couldn't then compete the following year i think he's somebody that's you know uh has another year of control so they could get something substantial for him so i think it's something to at least address and at least see what the market says because like i said this is going to be a seller's market he's not a rental if they could get a mint for him why wouldn't they at least entertain it now i know you've never been the biggest fan of him you always kind of have him in your late 20s early 30s rank which is a solid rank but he's never like top but he's having a big year this year i think he's a different guy he's lost a lot of that volatility that he's been plagued with over the course of his career to this point he only has one start of over four earned runs and he went six innings in that outing it was an eight strikeout game and it was the walk-off homer that he just had against gavin sheets and you can make a case that maybe he shouldn't have even been in there in the last inning of that uh seven inning game but overall he hasn't had like the five great starts three awful five good ones too crappy that's been the problem with brios he's curbed that volatility do you have a different outlook on him or do you still have a little bit of a uh, lack of trust in him I, I mean brios is the same thing to me uh he finds a way I, I it's it's absolutely shocking to me how every single step of the way brios just can constantly just hovers like a 3-5 to a 3-9 ERA. I mean, that's what he's even done this season. There was a moment he was about 3-4. Like, oh, is this it? Oh, no, never mind. You're going to allow 300 runs and five innings to the White Sox. (laughs) No strikeouts in the game. Okay, cool. We're back on track. We're fine. Um, I mean, even, yeah, as you mentioned, that Gavin Sheets home run, that start itself was how we feel about Jose Barrios every year. He's great. He's cruising for six innings. We feel like this is it. We've got it. He's finally it. And then the seventh inning, he allows a three-run shot. And all of a sudden, now it's five and runs on the board. And it goes, oh, well, okay. Yeah, that that's it. Uh, I don't I mean, really think there's anything majorly different. His curveball goes in and out still. Like, one's mm-hmm. like the best pitch ever. The next pitch, it's nothing. Uh, and I think he's just going to be hovering this. Maybe it's slightly better, but maybe that's also a product of uh, the field itself of offenses allowing him to strike out more. Um, and keep that whip down. But the ERA, I mean, it's 372 right now, and it doesn't really feel like it's going to be much different by the end. I can't crush Baudelli. It was a doubleheader. He had 84 pitches coming into that inning. I'm not always a fan of the uh, you let on one batter and you're automatically out of the game type of deal. Um, and, you know, so he gives up the hit there. I, I don't know that you automatically say, okay, you got to come out right now. Uh, and then the three run homer happens. Gavin Sheets, you know, kind of an interesting player, by the way. I like him. So it, it spoiled what was going to be a good outing there for Barrios. But if they decided to dangle him, he could, he'd fit on obviously any squad. Right. Um, I think they'd have to find somebody that has a little bit of rich prospect depth that they could trade for because they're going to have to ask for a pretty sizable bit. Of the primary contenders, I think he fits best either in the AL East or in the National League. I don't think that they would trade him to the White Sox, nor do I think the White Sox would want to pony up. That's not really what they need. And then the Astros and A's, it doesn't really fit there. And I don't think the Angels have the horses. So I'm seeing AL East or the National League, any other team uh, in the National League besides the Brewers. um, Do you think he'd be a fit for Boston? Do you think they'd want to make a big move like that? I still think they need some pitching. That, I, that's exactly the team I was going to say. Uh, I mean, the, the thing about Boston is they need a rock. They need like yep. someone that can go six innings. And that's the one thing I will say about Brios is that he has a ton of six inning starts actually since uh, May 30, sorry, May 31st. Yeah. That Monday, he has one game under six, uh, six innings, if I can say words. Wow. So yeah. And that was that nuts. one against that's the White Sox. That yep. 10 hit game against. The oh, no, that was, um, yeah. And then before that on the 25th, he had this ridiculous game. Uh, so, 
uh, against the the Orioles. We're not going to talk oh, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but that anyway, uh, so uh, so Barrios in the Red Sox makes perfect sense. It's just do they have the prospects to send to the Twins? I mean, you can also see the Rays making a move for him too. Um, they could certainly use that. They have a great bullpen, but you got to have. And he's not a rental. Them. So yeah, the Rays would have him yeah. beyond that. And I don't think he's terribly. Ex- I mean, he'd be ARB eligible. So he'd be pricey, but not egregious to where even the Rays would be pushed out of there. I mean, he's making 6 1 this year. He'd go up to what, like 8 mil next year or something? Like, again, that's yeah. that's a chunk, but the Rays should not be out of bounds to pay that. And then what about the Jays? They always need pitching. I think bullpen's probably a better avenue for them, but. You don't want to turn down the potential of maybe getting a high-impact starter. I feel like they could maybe make the move as well. Definitely. It's a question of if, you know, as you said at the beginning of this, where are they going to be in a week? Yes. Uh, and the Jays could either be right there or they can say, look, we have Robbie Ray and we can get a pretty penny for this. That's true. Uh, and we'll, they we'll could turn around. With that. They, we all feel like the Jays should be in the playoffs, but then the, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Jays, the Athletics, the Astros, the Rays. The Rays uh, you can even see the Mariners are over 50 wins yeah. right now. That's why I didn't um, put any Mariners on this list. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know that they're making moves. And the White Sox. You realize among all of those teams, only five make it. Mm-hmm. And uh-oh, there's going to be some tough decision-making uh, next week. And, that, and that's why this next week is so important for these ball clubs to determine exactly where they are. Let's go to the next guy uh, who's also pretty high impact, an all-star who's been pitching very well, should certainly be dealt here. It's Kyle Gibson. Now, oh, listen, man. I can't hold against him that one of the best teams in the league ripped him apart twice in a row. If you get hit by the Tigers twice, like you just chalk <laughs> that up like things happen because it's such a great team. So I get that. I'm going to give him a free pass. Uh, I barely even count those because the Tigers are amazing. This is maybe the first time you've ever given Kyle Gibson a free pass. I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, But 13 runs and 11 and a third against them. Dude, they're on fire right now. They really are. And like you have to be careful streaming against them. People are still picking on the Tigers and they're getting hit left and right. Like I don't think we're a great team. I can be honest about my squad. But you have to be careful streaming mediocre to poor stars. Obviously, you never would have sat Kyle Gibson against them. Sure, right. But but how do you assess him? Because, you know, he made the All-Star game. He has that gaudy ERA. And even with these bad two starts, he's only up to a 286. How many other guys could give up 13 runs in an 11 in the third innings and only move their ERA up to 286? So he's been great. But we know the core skills do not merit such a wonderful ERA. He's been living right. That new ballpark's very nice. But it's a 423 Sierra. He would still be an addition for many ball clubs to plug into the middle of their rotation so uh how high impact can kyle gibson be in a new squad and do you worry that he would lose the the home ballpark if he does get traded sure sure so you said uh you know imagine who could possibly allow 13 earned runs and still have this good of an era i would say maybe jason vargas back in 2017 (laughs) Uh, I know what we're going with there. Of Vargas rule, baby. Well, we talked about it, you know, in, on the fireside, I think a couple times ago about right. Gibson specifically and how he's a Vargas rule plus. Super right? Vargas, yep. So that means essentially you're not just one blow up, but you need two. Well, guess what? He just did that. Like, seriously, this is it. Five and runs and then eight and runs. Everything was lost in a second start in particular. Uh, slider and cutter combined had zero, sorry, one out of 25 whiffs on it. Um, CSWs were 8% on the slider and 18% on the changeup. It was just an atrocity of an outing. And you gotta, you know, it never quite seemed real. You know, it never no. really did. We just kept doing it because obviously this guy's just cruising and it's mystifying and that's it. But we've seen stuff like this before. And I just feel so terrible for the Rangers because they were gonna they were gonna make a profit on this. They were gonna really sell Gibson and get something heavy back. And now after these two starts, I mean, they're just crossing their fingers, hoping Gibson can pull off one more. Just one. Just show some rebound. <laughs> yeah, because if he gets innings, blitzed ugh. again, that, oh, that's no. going to be really it's tough done. if he gets blitzed again. Um, it's out. I mentioned the home road split, 177 ERA, 0.98 whip at home, 406, 129 on the road. Even if he's only the road guy, though, that's still an addition for ball clubs. Um, I think he fits on any of the teams we've already discussed, but I think he's a more affordable option maybe for some of the teams that don't want to pony up big. Should this be somebody that the Angels are looking at? So, okay, I want to say this uh, about home road splits. uh, I believe he's pitched about 15 to somewhere about 18 games this season. Something like that. It's it's nine and nine. It's a perfect split. 18 games. And 
he's only had two games above 300 runs. Actually, only three F3 or higher. And all three of those happen to be on the road, right? And and so, I'm sorry, there's four. And then there's, of course, a five and run game in Detroit. I'm oh, sorry, um, home with the other one, oh. uh, eight and runs at Detroit. So it's, his it's, it's two like, worst so, outings are on yeah. the road. Yeah. Well, I'm, try- yeah, what I'm trying to get at, uh, you know, it's such a small sample and it just happens to be that instead of an even split of one and one, it's two one way and zero the other. Yeah. And that's not really, I'm not going to lean too and they much were, on the home road stuff. And they were at KC and Comerica, which are not at Kaufman and Comerica are not two mm. bad parks. So, you know, he got beat up by KC on his, on his opening day start there. Uh, third of an inning, five runs. That's like pretty fluky. And then the Tigers ripped him for the eight. Again, at Comerica. So that's fair. Let's not make too much of it. But the main reason I bring it up is because if you look at the away ERA, it kind of matches the Sierra and probably the expectation mm. that we should have for him, which is as a low force type of guy. Sure. So I, I, I think that that's a reasonable expectation for Kyle Gibson. And again, I think he fits for just about any of these contenders. Um, and again, the Angels do strike me as a team that could go for him because they have they have an extra year. He's he he's on the books for again um, next year as well. And I doubt that the Angels are going to be or that the Rangers are going to be asking for you know Brandon Marsh for him or even Joe right. Adell. Sure. Um, but that seven point six mil contract next year is pretty juicy. He can be like a four fifty ERA and still be worth that. So do you have a best fit for Gibson or do, just anybody that needs pitching? I would say Brewers, honestly. Um, oh, okay. He, he feels he feels like a Brewers kind of guy. Um, That's like, actually a good call. Like the Red Sox, uh, who needed you know they needed Barrios or so. I could see also Barrios the Brewers too. But uh, yeah, they they have three guys and they all have some sort of innings limit. Yes, Gibson is someone who's showcased. Uh, yeah, throw me out there. I'll I'll go as long as you need me to. I can exactly. go hundred pitches, whatever it is. That's why and I like this. It, it's such a Brewers guy too. I mean, sure we have now. Burns and Peralta and Woodruff who are just so amazing. But to me, a Brewers pitcher is Brett Anderson. Hauser. You know, Lauer. A, with um oh, I can't remember from the left side. Uh, that is just not Miley, but someone Brent who's Suter. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Oh my God. They, they got a just... Miley breakout though. You're right though. They they do have these like now they have the three aces we associate that, but they like crafty guys that they can right. kind of get. The innings piece is so key because all three of their studs need to be pulled back a bit, not just yes. for their their health for the regular season. They need to be ready for October. Right. And especially somebody like Peralta, who's a smaller guy too, you want to be careful putting too many innings on him going into October. And Gibson, even if he's not pitching at this sub three level, he can go out and give you seven regularly. So you yeah. you take a little bit off the bullpen and then those extra bullpen innings can go on the Woodruff, Peralta and Burns starts to save them a little bit. So it's a trickle down effect that would really help. I do think Bur- uh, Gibson's a great fit for the Brewers. That's a good we'll see call. what happens there. I mean, we just we all don't realize that. I mean, we've said it enough now the past week that the Brewers are going to win the Central, but it's still really weird that the Brewers are going to win the Central. It's weird that they like I, I would say the White Sox have the biggest lock that they're going to win their division, yeah. but then the Brewers are second. Yeah, it's, they're, it's they're like the second biggest loss right now because the Reds bullpen's so terrible. The Cardinals are just treading water oh, and they man. never seem to be making a move. In fact, I, I should add Wainwright to this list. You mentioned that sure. before the before the episode, so I will add him. But um, nobody seems to want to compete with the Brewers. Right. And it's also I mean, we we, we did mention there uh, we debated beforehand. We decided just to ignore them, which was the Reds, because we don't know what they're going to be doing. We have no idea what they're going to do. That would be so crazy. Like. I mean, I, I do wonder a lot about there's always a balance of like how much talent is there? What's the supply and demand and where are the prospect levels like? Mm-hmm. And it's not just a question of generally in the majors, it's like those that have, you know, that are looking for things. What kind of capital do they have? Right. What kind of uh, ability do they have to give away legitimate prospects? So you look at the Reds and you see, man, they've got some incredible pitchers on that staff. They really do. If, if they wanted they to throw. Call, but yeah. it depends on finding that right fits, you know, maybe the Mariners are one of them. If they say, let's go for it. Here are our, you know, here's Julio Rodriguez or something crazy like Frog that. Castillo. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> That'd be kind of nuts. That's a DePoto deal. That's like something he would do. You know, I know 
Um, I know you're not wrong there. Like that would be kind of bananas. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to some other teams here in a moment. Let's let's move to John Gray because he's another guy that <laughs> has to be dealt. Like there's sure, absolutely yeah. no universe yeah. where he's still on. Like they're the dumbest team in the world if they don't <laughs> trade him. Right. Come on. He's a rental. Of course. And and for those that are talking about like Herman Marquez, Marquez on an amazing team friendly deal. That's he's not, not going happening. anywhere. It, yeah. Like they would. Any team would have to pay so much that's not worth it to them. Right. I wish he'd get traded for fantasy purposes. All of us do. Uh, just for his yeah. little mental well-being. Exactly. <laughs> you know? But uh, John Gray uh, is going to be dealt. Now, he's having one of his best years ever. And he continues to be somebody who actually succeeds more at home than the road. That doesn't mean I think that when he gets traded, he's not going to be very good. I just think he's kind of figured out how to live in Coors a bit. Mm. And then your, your stuff still changes when you go on the road. We talk about Coors hangover for hitters, but not as much for pitchers. And so I think that he just, uh, I think things just aren't as comfortable for him on the road. He's figured out home. Road is still a mixed bag every time. But I think going into a more neutral environment, he's going to be solid. I think he's a solid mid threes ERA guy. John Gray is going to get dealt. What do you see as the best fit? And how much does it improve his fantasy outlook given that he already has a 386 ERA or 368 ERA and 122 whip on the season. Well, I'm, I'm going to bother you because I'm going to say, I think John Gray is something that we don't really understand at the moment because he's now throwing 95, 96 or so, as opposed to throwing 94 earlier on. And we've seen him out of this, you know, coming out of this injury that he had just dominate. Yeah. I mean, the flex or he just took down uh, the Padres and Dodgers allowing combined three and runs over 13 innings with 14 strikeouts. Like, um, hi, that's bananas. Uh, one of those was Dodgers inside of course, and one was in San Diego. And he's throwing hard. He has a slider working. Uh, I think he went to give an extreme in, yeah, fastball slider in his last one. 33% CSW with 10 whiffs on his slider. His fastball was at 95.6 and, and cruised along. Like, this is a different guy that all of a sudden, I don't, I don't know if you realize how high I have him on the list. Like, I have him at uh, 48 right now. I have John Gray. The guy who's been like this enigma and the the most uh, avoided starter in dis- in fantasy baseball discussions, I think, across the industry because we just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm like top fifty, John Gray, because he's changing this stuff. And anyone that gets him, I think, is gonna not have to pay a lot because he hasn't done it for a long time, and, and he's gonna love what they get. You know, yeah. so. I'm excited for him. I have no idea where he's going to go. I mean, I just want to be the Dodgers so they have two Jay Grays. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> Josiah and John, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It, it would be awesome. Obviously, we can't put everyone there, <laughs> but like, they're going to go get guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if the, if he was one of the ones that they went for because uh, maybe maybe Scherzer is not made available and maybe Barrios isn't. Then John Gray becomes one of the best ones available. I put Gibson higher just because he has the better uh, ERA, but that's kind of superficial. Gray actually has the better skills. And then you're talking about what he's been doing since returning from the flexor injury. He's been a different guy and he's been a monster. So any of the top teams that could get him uh, are going to benefit big time. Uh, you know, we're going to overlap a lot of the teams we talk about, but Boston, oh, yeah. he'd be a great fit there um really any of them there's not a single team that needs pitching that would be like no thank you no john gray for us um but the best fits of course would be those premium teams i think the dodgers would be obviously the the ideal fit i wouldn't mind him in fenway i really wouldn't fenway does not Mm. automatically terrify me i mean the al east is tough but this man's been living in coors john gray has so you know the al east is not going to scare him that much those are good offenses but i still think he'd be very good um yeah, he, he would be wonderful. Toronto getting him would be great. I think they should be knocking on the door there. And that can really, really help their their rotation. Yeah, those are those are great choices. Uh, I, I threw in also, by the way, in the buyers section, the Mets and the Phillies. You're not and, wrong, especially about the Mets. But, They've just been so depleted. Well, right. So, I mean, I haven't mentioned them in these, though. And we'll talk about them probably later because I think the Mets are looking for more of just depth and not necessarily yes, quality depth. I agree. They believe in their long term. So I it agree. would be cool, though. John Gray, if you guys remember when he first came out, I think it was like his or, uh, you know, had his debut was, um, I think, in City Field. And he was so good. He had like a 12 strikeout game or something. That's when we're all like, yo, what's up, John Gray? Gray as you a know? Met would would really fit like I agree with you that they're probably just going to go for depth because they don't want to deplete their system too much. But this is a rental who might be affordable and they could still make that work because even as guys come back, Gray would still make the cut. You know, you start talking about like DeGrom, Stroman, Walker, Gray, Carrasco. Carrasco is still a big wild card. Then Thor's there. Miguel, like 
Yeah, the, I, I think they're going to go for the depth pieces. I totally agree, I agree with, with you. Yeah, but exactly. Gray's but not out of bounds. It'll be fun. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just the fact that it was that that place that Gray performed so well. I think that would just be a nice little match. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the Grom. Mm. So we also have to consider that fact too. And if they get worse news there, then I do think they start to pivot to a Gray, a Gibson, maybe even one of the higher end like Barrios if he's available. Right. Um, let's they talk. Need, they need a JG on their team. They just they, they absolutely so, they need yeah. to have one. You yep. you brought this guy up because this team's in limbo where the next week is absolutely going to be instrumental for the Braves. They lose Acuna. Now, I've said this a few times, so if you listen to me on other outlets, I apologize that you have to keep hearing it. But baseball is the one sport where when you lose a superstar, it's not the end of the world the way it is in other sports. It's not a sure. point guard. It's not a quarterback. It hurts. Make no mistake about it. I'm not suggesting that it's fine. It hurts. But it does not ruin a team to where, oh, just throw your hands up and give up. So they went out and made a few small moves. Jock Peterson, Stephen Voigt, just a little knickknack moves to kind of piece some things together. I think this next week will determine whether or not they want to make a couple higher moves or they pivot and they sell. And you brought up Charlie Morton could then be on the block. Talk to me about what 37-year-old Charlie Morton's doing this year and how much of an addition he would be to another club. Absolutely. I Really, really quickly, it's a very small tangent. I just want to give a shout-out to Stephen Voigt. Uh, I watched his uh, him catch Tuki Toussaint. And one thing that, no, that catchers don't do enough is actually use the mound visits. In, like, yes. in a porn situation and vote came out with a man on second 2-0 count two outs and saw that Tukey was like a little bit wild the first two went out there calmed him down talked about the next pitch Tukey executed got the out and out of the inning that's and awesome little things like that it's like that I love that's stuff a veteran like yeah no everyone is just holding on to the mound visits like they're they're so valuable and no one goes through them in games I just love to see that just wanted to give him a little I think that's a great bridge. call out I, I, but, I really uh, like that too <laughs> But uh, but Charlie Morton, you should go back to Tampa Bay. I just it, it makes yeah. too much sense to me. Like, come on, just just go back to Tampa Bay. You guys are great pals. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it just uh, he doesn't have to move a lot. I mean, obviously no. he does get to choose, but the Rays obviously love him, uh, and obviously it depends on the next week for Atlanta. But it just makes too much sense to me. It, it really does. I, I don't even know that I need to expound on it any further. I think you're dead on that. If they do decide that they're moving on and they want to trade him. Putting Morton on on the Rays is a perfect fit. They do need some pitching. And, and again, we're talking about things that they can afford. Well, I put afford in quotes because no team is truly poor. It's their choice if they want to be poor. But he is a rental. So you're right. talking about what, like six mil the rest of the year. They can make that move. Won't cost them too much. I like it. I think yeah. it'd be a great fit. The other one that uh, I want to mention is the Padres because the Dodgers are going to make some deal. Mm -hmm. And that's their counter. That's that would be a like, great oh, counterpunch. All right. You know, like we got, you know, it, it's kind of like, oh, we don't need Max Scherzer. We have Max Scherzer at home. And that's Charlie Morton. Max Scherzer at home. Charlie Morton. But yeah. that, hey, he's really great. Obviously, he's he not is? Max Scherzer. But that would be, <laughs> excuse yeah. me, that'd be a fantastic counterpunch. Absolutely. If they do out and go out and get Barrios or, or Scherzer and they say, hey, we got Morton. Like, he's not the same guy. But it's also, if they get Scherzer, it's like a 36-year-old versus a 37-year-old. They're both elite. Uh, Morton has quietly been fantastic again this year. 369 ERA, 112 whip, 122 strikeouts and 105 innings. That'd be a brilliant addition. So um, I think the Padres are a good follow-up there as well if he doesn't go back to the Rays. All right, yeah. we're jumping down a level here. Let's we're go. kind of in the mid-tier guys now. And I think the Twins, we already discussed that they're going to be making moves. Um, Barrios is not guaranteed to be moved, but this guy has to be moved. I don't see why they wouldn't move Michael Pineda. I think there's going to be interest. He's a sub four ERA kind of guy. He can get some strikeouts. He can get hot too. Like people can envision, uh, teams can envision, like we could get the best version of Pineda and he could be a 330 ERA for us for two months um, if he can keep the ball in the yard. But He'll definitely be somebody's pickup that I think could be an impact move. Um, do you have a best fit for Pineda, or does he kind of go with all these teams that could use some extra depth as a three, four, five type? I mean, I hate to bring him up again, but it's the Mets. I, I just that, that's exactly yeah. the the realm that you're talking about, right? Yep. The Pineda and lower is what they're probably going to attack. Exactly. The uh, the craziest thing about Pineda is he just he finds a way. Look, when his slider is working, it doesn't matter who he faces. He just took down the White Sox. 
uh, with a slider earning a 40% CSW. Um, and this was on Wednesday night, the 21st. So, I mean, it's just, Pineda is like, all right, yeah, I guess I can just do this. And then when nights when it's not there, like against Baltimore, um, he allows five earned runs in three innings. And like, okay, You're right, well, though. Opponent it. doesn't matter. It's no. his stuff. And and when, when Pineda's on, he's got anybody. When he's off, me, you, and seven others could get him for a few runs, it seems hey, like. I, like I, I think so, you know. I, I, I think so. We've I've been seeing you in the arms. cages. I've been seeing you in the cages. You, <laughs> we can extend down when we're on our front foot because of the slider. You know, we can, we can, we can we're get flicking that down it, away. And, flicking yeah. it out in the right field for Absolutely. a couple base hits no, there. But yeah, 22% swing strike rate on that slider for Pineda. So it's I think that's a good fit. Uh, the, the Mets would definitely be a good fit. Um, again, I keep bringing up the Red Sox. They do need an impact. I, th- I think Pineda is kind of the lowest they should go there. They need they need mm. like a Pineda or better type. Um, yeah. If they start to get too much that. lower, then it's just the same guys that they already have. Right, a- and right. so I think Pineda is a good fit there. Uh, this other guy would is in the same realm. I think Adam Wainwright is, and that's another pivot team. They're at 500 right now. This next week's going to determine what they want to do. But I think it'll be a scenario where if they don't do well in the next week, they go to him and say, do you want to be traded? And then he gets to decide. I, that's what I think they would do. And if he says, yes, I'd like to go try to get on another team, then he gets moved. If he says, I'll just ride it out with you guys, then he doesn't go anywhere. But if he were traded, I think if you don't have him on your fantasy team, you might not realize how good wayno has been. 356 oh, ERA, a 113 whip, and the strikeouts are up. He's at 111 in 118 and two-thirds. He's been really sharp this year, but the only issue is the home runs are still over one, but they've been over one for like six years now. And if you don't walk guys and you don't give up too many hits, those are solo shots instead of two, three run homers. He would be an addition for a lot of ball clubs. I think the Mets would be a good fit for him as well. I think, um, you know, I think a light buy for the Mariners would be somebody like getting a Wayno. If they didn't want to go big, they could add a Wayno to the middle of that lineup, a veteran presence. I know yeah, that everyone likes to really have one. Yeah, people yeah. like to make jokes about veteran presence. And I get that. It doesn't always like, it doesn't magically make your team better, but this is a guy who's been through the ropes. He can help some of these young bucks. I think that'd be a way for them to buy without overpaying for anything or giving up a Julio Rodriguez or any of their future while still adding to the bottom line. I think Wayno in Seattle could be a really good fit if they decide to move him. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a really good call. Uh, he's also someone that goes deep all the time. Uh, exactly. Very, very efficient, and he can also go 100 pitches constantly. It's a, it's a tail of a curveball and a cutter, mostly for uh, for Wainwright. If he doesn't have the curveball, it's going to be that four-and-run game against the, the, the Giants or so. Dead on. But if he has a cutter there, too, that's when you see 11 strikeouts and seven innings like he did against Atlanta on the 20th. Uh, it's it's a kind of exciting thing. It's it's wild that he's this good, but um, uh, yeah, I just hope that the Cardinals say, "All right, fine, fine. We don't have any of that devil magic this year. It's okay." <laughs> Their it, offense is so bad. It's because the Giants are, are all of a sudden realize that. Oh wait, it's not even year. It's odd year. Only one so, team at a time, right? Only one of them at a time. <laughs> exactly. Can have the right. Full on magic. So, you're right. You're so right. Go on, Giants. Go do your thing, and. Uh, I mean, speaking of which, we haven't even mentioned them as buyers potentially, but we just feel, I guess, that they have too good of a rotation. I think their pitching is too strong. I think if they're going to buy anywhere, it's going to be the bullpen or maybe supplemental hitters. But like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you could replace Cueto, but but is that the best part or something? But I love they love Webb. I mean, I do too. He's been great. So. I think an injury would be like if they suffered a big injury in the next week, maybe they would go. Right. But otherwise, having Cueto as your five, like, yeah, you could upgrade him. But to what it's end? Not, yeah, it's not a huge, huge need. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially also when, you know, uh, October comes around, you just put him to the bullpen. Maybe exactly. maybe he becomes the fourth guy split with Webb, something like that. You do three innings for each type of deal. Yeah. We've seen that more in the playoffs than ever before. So, yeah, that can definitely yeah. happen. So, Wayno probably won't be dealt. I don't know that the Cardinals are going to throw it in. But again, I think they would approach him, let him make that decision, and then they could put him on a, on a contending type team. Sure. Uh, let's talk about the D-backs. And I, we could include your boy, Caleb Smith, who I forgot about that. But Merrill oh, Kelly no, no, was... No, no. no one wants Caleb Smith right now. He had that one game. Finally! 18 whiffs, but uh, you can't purchase but he, that. But he got no blown way. out by, uh, the by the Dodgers. Whatever is the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers. Not starting well, for the Dodgers. It, 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 no, exactly. It's the Dodgers. But... Um, <laughs> I put Merrill Kelly as somebody that they yeah, could trade. I and I think that. he would draw some appeal uh, from some folks. Uh, and he's another guy who's not a full rental. So if it's a team that doesn't want to just buy somebody for the next two months, so it's more of a fringe contender, they could get Merrill Kelly and see him as somebody that they have beyond this year. 
I wonder if he's a fit for the Jays in the back end of the rotation. Yeah, they. Oh, that seems like such a Jays guy, like yep. Steven Matz and Ross Stripling and such. Sure, and Robbie Ray, Kelly, who they yeah. got from the D-backs previously. Right. I'm, I'm grouping the first three guys kind of together of these Tobies <laughs> from the talents. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ray's yeah, talent uh, was always something that could jump a level, right. and they got that extra level out of him. But you made a great point about the relationships between teams should not be understated. Uh, some GMs just want to deal with other GMs all the time, and. Yes. Uh, yeah, the ones that they that know. Trade with the Rays, uh, uh, makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, sorry, with the Rays, uh, the Jays. I always do that. Uh, they rhyme, so I can get yeah. I can give you a break on it. There you and go. I, and I didn't even catch that you you said that. So it, I just <laughs> I just heard Jays in my so, head. You know, seeing another name here who I would associate very closely to Mara Kelly that I'll save. Um, I remember you know hearing talks about them. Uh, but the Padres going after another name for the same reason of just looking for depth, as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could see that happening. But generally, as I'm sure you, you know, you're going to bring up is interdivisional rivals don't necessarily trade. Not necessarily. Um, but, you know, you still want to make your team better. And right. I don't think trading Merrill Kelly is something that the, the D-backs are going to sure. rue the day yeah. they traded Merrill. <laughs> you know, so I think they could do that, still get a solid piece back from a very deep Padres system. Mm-hmm. And if anything, the Padres would be like, yeah, we traded this young guy who who ended up being a stud for them. So, yeah, um, yeah they, they could do that. I think they try to avoid interdivision, but if you have to, you have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think this next guy, I don't know. I, I've watched too much of him this year. I was bought in on Mike Miner coming into course, the year. Of course, I was too. And I really thought we were going to see something. And the skills have still been there for the most part this year, but he has a 545 ERA. And part of it, I mean, he's allowed the most earned runs in baseball and it's been home runs that have really done him in a 1.4 rate has been terrible you look at the underlying skills and you're like why are you so terrible he has a 425 sierra which is perfectly useful but his era is 1.2 runs higher and i look at somebody who is wildly inconsistent seemingly from start to start inning to inning his arsenal fails him or succeeds for him. And he, he just has not been able to find his footing. And now we're going on a second year of this 56 and two thirds last year, same type of deal, 420 Sierra, 556 ERA. What's going on with Mike Miner? And is it just something where his inconsistency and the fact that his home runs that are the big damage on him make it so that he has this wide ERA and Sierra or whatever ERA indicator of your choice? He has this wide gap. Is that is that his problem? Is it just the home runs or is there more to it with Miner? Well, Miner is just frustrating on so many levels. Uh, we saw kind of in, in the spring that he was at 92-94. Yep. Um, and what has he been this year? 90 and change and sometimes 91, really hovering 91. It's not the same with that fastball. It's just not nearly as good of a pitch. Now, there have been times when he does succeed in season. Uh, and when that happens, it's because he's able to go around the edges with fastballs and then get his changeup and slider working for strikes. But, you know, f- compared to last year, uh, 36% CSW on his changeup last season for minor, 27% this year. Uh, it's taken a major step back in, inside the zone. He's tried to rely too much on getting uh, chases outside the zone with that pitch. And it's he just doesn't have a good strike-getting offering now. Nothing mm-hmm. is above uh, 35% in his secondaries uh, while he needs to then throw too many fastballs inside the zone. He gets hammered with it, and it's just not a fun sight at the moment. I think there are moments that Miner can do well, but if I'm looking for uh, potential guys to trust on for August and September, Mike Miner is not it. I think this ends up being uh, the fit would be teams that need depth, not somebody that has to rely upon him as like not a savior, but like as somebody that they're going to need to go to every fifth day. So I think it would be going back to looking at those teams that just need some depth and then they can maybe throw him in the pen when they stabilize. So maybe the Mets are a fit here where they use him for a little while right now. And then as they get their pieces back, he's been in the pen before and been great. So maybe they would say, we're going to pivot you back into the bullpen once our guys are fully healthy. So I think it's going to be the teams that are just looking to improve around the edges. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe maybe that is a Giants fit then. If we're talking about somebody who would be cheap, not really cost anything, and doesn't have to start, maybe that's what they go for. Although I will say he has a $9 million contract for next year, though, too. So that teams might not want to pay the, that. The Giants have fixed some guys, though. Exactly. Um, their whole yeah, rotation is fixed, guys. Yeah, that could be really, really interesting to see. 
So that, that I like that call out there. And maybe they see something in him where we're like, hey, if we do this, this, and this, we get him fixed. I don't know. Um, all right. We're, we probably jumped down another level from Kelly to minor. So we're in this this bottom tier now of, of again, supplemental guys. Uh, but I think Tyler Anderson from Pittsburgh could be another one of those guys that somebody gets. And they don't have to necessarily go to him all the way, but they need some innings to get to the finish line. And he could be part of those innings. He's shown flashes this year. At the beginning of the year, he was doing some things differently that I thought were legitimate. And I was pretty intrigued by him. Frankly, I should have put him above minor. His his results have been markedly better. Uh, but it's neither here nor there. He's also a rental. He won't cost anything. Is the lefty Tyler Anderson somebody that you could see helping a playoff team at least get to the regular season finish line even if he's not necessarily a playoff piece for them sure uh, i mean just to, just to you know put this out there the reason we had minor above tyler anderson is because he showed a ceiling that anderson couldn't reach with, exactly uh, with a higher you know the better fastball in the spring they just didn't show up in the season uh, so it's understandable that we would have minor ahead of him uh but yeah i mean tyler anderson's a toby that that's a useful thing in the real world when you have a 119 mm-hmm. whip I I could yeah a lot of these teams that we've mentioned already uh, the Padres I I can think of um, Blue Jays could use another just someone that isn't anything and that's in their back end just someone um, to get six regularly you could even see the Yankees getting him um, yeah because I mean they've had to turn to bullpen games every so often they don't want to go to Michael King again Tyler Anderson would be helpful and and he's a guy that has a thirty two percent CSW on that four seamer um, has a slider that comes in it, it gets a good amount of strikes. You know, it's in the zone about 61% of the time with a 74% strike rate. That's kind of crazy from yeah. a slider. Normally you see in the fifties or so, if sometimes the sixties, but a 75 is just, that wild. is wild. Um, this changeup is in and out. There are times when that becomes the whiff pitch in a game more times than not. It's, it's just kind of there randomly. Um, it, when that pitch is working and he gets strikes with a slider and then establishes with his fastball, it's a really, really wonderful outing. But that's about a coin flip if you're going to see that in a given start. So there are some good aspects of Tyler Anderson. Put him with the right club. I mean, you can have a nice run for them if they acquire him at the deadline. Um, looking at Anderson, I will say, you know, there there's a little bit of a home road split because he does play in PNC. Mm. But I see a 124 whip, a 126 whip on the road with actually a better strikeout rate. And it tells me that the 540 ERA might not be indicative of who he is. Sure. So I, I wouldn't lean too heavily. It might be a similar similarity to what you brought up with Gibson, where it happens that his two worst starts are on the road at Atlanta and at Washington. It's not indicative that he's getting pummeled on the road every time out. So right. don't make too much of that. I do think if he goes to a better team in fantasy, that it would help him at least um, get better wins potential because obviously oh, he'd be yes. going to a team way better than Pittsburgh. Definitely. So if, if you're chasing wins and you can afford like a 440 ERA type, if you're in a deeper league, Anderson would be a guy for you. Uh, whereas, you know, some of these other guys might have their ERA improve uh, along with the wins. Well, uh, you know, not like to mention the whip is the whip is still good. The whip's, the whip, the whip's always yeah. good. Yeah, it's already good. So if you can, even if you know that the ERA might not be so good, and you need whip and wins, Tyler Anderson going anywhere go. would yeah. be a dub for you because you just don't want him on Pittsburgh anymore. Definitely. All right, we know the Cubs are already selling, and they're almost certain to sell Bryant and probably even Kimbrel. Uh, for some reason, they hate Bryant. I don't want to get down that train. I, I think it's so insane that they treat him the worst of yeah, their three superstars. Crazy. Um, but Zach Davies seems like he has to go. And I didn't include Kyle Hendricks because I don't think they'll trade him. But obviously, if they did, that would be a huge get for a team. Right. But Davies is like baby Hendricks. And if you look at the trajectory of his season, he started off horribly. But he's really smoothed out and been more like the Kyle Davies of pre 2020, which is a solid number four or five type since about, uh, since about mid May, uh, actually early May, he has a three fifteen ERA and 74 and a third innings over his last 14 starts with 45 strikeouts, but also 34 walks. So he he's been difficult to hit, but he has given up a few walks. I gotta be honest. The team that traded him could be the one to just get him right back. The Padres. Well, I mean, he has a 14.5% strikeout rate this year. It's so bad. And uh, I, 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 I mean, I can imagine like the Dodgers getting John Gray and then the Padres. And then Davies. Zach Davies. Padres, that's their <laughs> counterpunch? Oh, no. 
That wouldn't be as good of a counterpunch as the Morton to Scherzer. That'd be so bad. No, I'm not a fan, honestly, of what Davies brings to the table. Um, His changeup was this really, really amazing pitch. Uh, And in times it can still be, you know, we're talking a 44% O swing. That's great. 20% 20 swing strike rate, but he doesn't get any called strikes with his 5% rate, which adds to just a 26% uh, CSW, which isn't that great if you're throwing it a third of a time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's... It's just it's just frustrating that he can't quite be Baby Hendricks. He, he can't quite do that 435 ERA 147. I know he's been better um, as the season has progressed, but it's I mean his fastball has a 13% O swing. Um, oh if you don't have in your head God. like O swing and what it generally does, I uh, on the record, if like a fastball normal, it's like all right, twenty percent fine. Yeah. But the best fastballs to me are ones that are like a thirty percent plus. That's typically like a sinker or so, which he does. Um, that's when it starts on the plate and then goes off of it, and you know, then they're they're swinging, grounding out. That's like Sandy Alcantara sinker does that. This is thirteen mm-hmm. percent. This is like unheard of. That's if horrendous. It's not a strike. People just don't swing, and that means that they swing at strikes, which are. You know, more at eleven, those are easier to hit. <laughs> so, uh, like, it's it's not a great combination, especially when you have a changeup that doesn't get called strikes either, um, and it's out of the zone. It, it's uh, it's just not a mix that really works for me, and I, I don't really see Zach Davies having a you know really having that second half that will turn heads. Yeah, I think he has to go to a team where he's like their sixth guy, really. Like, it, yeah. it has to be a death Thro- situation. A throw-in. A throw-in yep. for, for Kimbrell. Well, you're getting uh, Kimbrell right, as well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Take the rest of this Davies money for the rest of this year. Sorry to talk to you as a throw-in Davies. I'm so I'm, sorry. You're trying we're just, hard, man. We're, we're honestly assessing the talent. It's nothing personal. <laughs> uh, 45 strikeouts to 34 walks, even when putting up the 315 ERA. This is since May 7th. This is his good period, and he's 45 to 34 strikeout to walk oh in 74 innings. That's really, really tough. Did he like so, Burns do that in three starts or something? Yeah, <laughs> like strikeout right? wise, like oh yeah, strikeout wise, <laughs> he's done that in like a handful of starts. Oh, man. Uh, now here's one that's wild. Good old Wiley man, no. Willie Peralta. Don't, listen, why would why would you even bring him up? Because the Tigers have to I trade know. him. Because why would they keep him? And right, somebody's going to add him. Obviously, uh, he's not that good. He's a 164 ERA, .94 whip. That's insane. He has a 90% left on base rate, a 187 BABIP. The one good thing he is doing is a 57% ground ball rate. You can at least say that that's a, a positive. And the sure. defense is turning it into yeah. outs. But the problem I have is that if he regr- regresses back to what he normally is, it's like a 5 ERA. Oh, it's, it's terrible. Like, like he has a 478 Sierra yeah. right now. So the, uh, the Twitch stream reminded me of a uh, of a term I have for this, uh, which is a tease, the end of an era or an oh. array. Uh, so he's a tease. He's Completely, absolutely like, it's, a tease. It's, it's under 30 innings of this production. It, it's just so like, come on, man. You know he's not Don't fall for it. Keep doing this. It's uh, He's starting to get imagine, picked up. In fantasy, too, and I think it's a big mistake. Oh, my God. It's such a trap. And I can't imagine that any organization is like, no, this is what we want. (laughs) I would think anyone else, like, there's just no way that he would be paired with somebody. I I think he gets paired with like a a Grossman or a Scope or a Cisnero. Okay, that's fair. If it's not like, not again, not as yeah. a standalone trade, because right, nobody right. would give anything. It would be like yeah. lit- it would be literally a bag of bats. Like, because I'm sorry, like there's just sorry, nothing yeah, well, of value yeah. that anybody could give for him. So I think it would have to be a situation where it's with one of the other good pieces that the Tigers do have, which right. they do have a few. Scope Grossman, um, Jose Cisneros, a decent reliever that I think they could get something sure, for. Yeah. I Soto? wish Boyd was healthy. They might see Soto for their future. He's mm-hmm. 26. Um, so I think that they see him as part of their future. You know, they could trade away Matt Manning. They could trade away uh, <laughs> Casey Mize. Stop that right they, now. They wanted to trade away Matthew Boyd, but he's hurt. I, and that's what I was going to say. Boyd and then Turnbull getting hurt and now going under yeah. for PJ. That's a disaster because they could have traded one or both of those guys and they could have gotten something massive, I think. Yeah. Because of the buyer's market that it is, I think those guys would have brought back something substantial. So now I think Peralta gets paired with a team that needs a scope or a Grossman and he's just like their sixth, seventh like fill-in guy. You're only using him 
to get to the uh, finish line in the regular season innings wise. Like, so maybe Milwaukee would see him. They've had him before. Maybe they see some value in just eating some innings so that they can give Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta a little bit of a breather. Sure. I'm not going to convince yeah, anybody I, that he's any good. Any team is the Brewers to me. It has to be because of Brent Suter. Like, Brent Suter exists there. Brett Anderson exists there. Willie Peralta, Wiley Peralta. Yeah, okay, fine. Good old Wiley. Yeah, fine. so, that, yeah, I'm not going to try to make a case that, like, oh, he's pretty good. Um, and then our last guy that I have on the list goes back to Minnesota one last time. They do have three potentials here. Now, he's the worst of the bunch, but Jay Happ has obviously been good in the past, and maybe a team sees that they can get something. Um, I don't know, though. He's a home run machine now. Going back three years, he had a 1-9 Back in 19, and he he somehow survived that for a sub-5 ERA at a 491. He was lucky to do that. Then it was at 1-5 last year, but he didn't walk anybody, and he didn't give up any hits, so he ended up having a 347 ERA and 105 whip. It's back up to 1.9 this year and a 10.9 hit rate, so he's been a disaster. Does any team see any value in J-Hap, though, as a veteran lefty that they can bring in? Who can uh, eat innings? You know, maybe, maybe the couple, couple of the guys we've been talking about. I mean, it's cool. The Orioles already actually have this in Spencer Watkins. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I see like Spencer Watkins is to me a half 2.0. That's a great it call. Blows, it blows my mind because he's just like four seamers and maybe some secondaries and it's like 90 miles per hour. That's uh, such a good call. It's so accurate. It, it he's, cracks he's a me righty, up. He's uh, a righty young hap. Yep. Um, but I. But yeah, I mean, Jay Happ is not going to be anyone that excites people. I could, I could see the Yankees getting him just because. What they if they take him and Pineda, get both those guys back just for depth? Oh my God, uh, maybe that could that could honestly work. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking like I, I would imagine the fan base wouldn't be happy if that's what no, we deal for. I understand, you know? and they they actually do listen to that. Um, which I don't like. I don't like that the Yankees actually care about that stuff. Yeah, why do. would you care what the fans think? Well, you gotta it's just win more, game. Yeah, we got to do the right thing. Don't let the fans make their own silly, you know, discussions. But it's like, no, we got to like do what's best for the team. Maybe he comes with Barrios then. Maybe that wouldn't annoy the fans as much if he came. If, if sure. Hap came back there with Barrios. But I, I would be fine with Barrios. It's just I don't want him to be treated like, you know, I've been hearing him in discussions of like, you know, like being a savior. guy. Yeah. And I, I don't even don't have that high. I, I'm a Barrios guy, especially in comparison to you. And mm-hmm. I still, in my most recent ranking, I put him 24. So I still okay. have him pretty high, but like, it's just because that volatility has been curbed. Um, yeah. I, I would not, I don't see any scenario where I can get him into the top 20 right now. Um, but yeah, sure. I, I don't think Hap is, it, he's not going to be a standalone deal. It's basically the same as Peralta. He'd have to go with somebody else. But we're talking all levels of players from the top to the bottom. So we had to bring in Jay Hap as well. And he's had, Definitely. like, if he spiked 30 good innings, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm not banking on anything and I'm not picking him up either. <laughs> No, no, definitely, definitely not. Don't do so. That. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the rundown of what we're looking at there. Um, I'm sure there's somebody we missed just because a, a team that we didn't think is a seller might start selling, like the Reds you mentioned. But for the most part, I think we covered the the bulk of the candidates that could be dealt. The uh, the ones that some people might want us to talk about are you know there was Danny Duffy in there too. Oh yeah, um, but he was hurt. The, that's the only reason I didn't include. Yeah, him. yeah. Well, right. Um, and then I, uh, and then the angels, you know, we didn't really talk about them as potential sellers. So then I, uh, and then oh, I'm yeah, going to make the joke I made. Um, then now no one wants to really deal with the angels cause they complain too much. Cause then they would be <laughs> wine sellers. Okay. Um, now <laughs> so guys, he made this joke offline too and he really wanted i know to but i i just really i really liked it it needed to be out into the world they could and sell Cobb and heaney uh um, yeah, Cobb's exactly. actually been pretty good his oh, indicators are insane yeah the thing yeah. is back the the um his splitter the thing is nasty heaney is eternally frustrating <laughs> like crazy I don't know what what what's the best team that's a contender that could suppress his homers because that's his biggest issue. So the I don't Giants. want him with the Yankees. Yeah, don't put him on the Yankees. Don't put him in Fenway. Don't put him uh, in, in Milwaukee or yeah. Toronto. So maybe you're right. The Giants that would actually be kind of interesting. I wouldn't even be surprised if they figured out something with him and like <laughs> extracted yeah. that value out of him. But uh, yeah, they could sell. <laughs> right now it looks like they want to stick around but if they have another bad week where they lose like they go two and five or something i think they right. would start to and, look to and, sell and the very last team that we didn't mention in any way because we're just they're kind of winning right now but we don't expect them to last in any ways cleveland 
Yes. Yeah, but they don't really have anything to sell right exactly. now. Exactly. Like, who it, wants... It's a problem. It, it, the pitchers that they have are young that they're going to keep. Um, I don't even know if they really have anything offensively that they should sell. Yeah, they're Jose just in limbo. Ramirez, that's it. Yeah. And he's hurt right now. Yeah. And I think he needs <laughs> to be traded heading into a season so that they can extract more value. Sure. You don't want to trade him coming off of like, he's not on the IL, but like an injury type of deal. So who knows what they're going to do? I just didn't even include them because understandable. I yeah. I just don't think like they're going to trade McKenzie or police. What if they traded police act? What if they just like pivoted, but they'd be selling low. Cause he's, yeah, there's no reason to do brutal. that. Yeah. You have right. to wait. You have to wait till yep. his value goes back up. I think they just play out the string. Maybe they add small pieces. Maybe that'll like a little something. Maybe they get Robbie Grossman from my Tigers. They're not going to do a single thing. You're 100% right. <laughs> You're 100% right. They're not going to do a nothing. darn thing. Absolutely nope. nothing. <laughs> and their fans are going to be annoyed, and they should be, because this team sits on their hands uh, constantly, and they have to be such a maddening oh, organization look, to root for. I'm just so happy we have just over two months left of them being their team mascot. So then we can move on and we'll have move a different on. game. Finally. Cleveland Spiders, baby. Oh, I'm, uh, sure. Whatever. That's great. Fine. Give, give me them spiders. <laughs> Somebody in chat asked how much do the Yankees have to sell off. They still have good prospects. And like right. you can get deals done uh, at the deadline, especially for rentals. Like it, it's not hard. Like, you, And it doesn't even require like the top four or five prospects. They, they can put together two, three guys in their system. They'll be fine. They can trade for pretty much anybody they want. Um, they can, And any deal that includes a contract, they can just take the full contract and that lessens what you need to give on the prospect right yeah so yeah the yankees can do whatever they want yeah well we'll see what what happens there should be pretty interesting but sport we also have a uh, a trade deadline announcement don't we yes we will be streaming on the 30th not the 31st it's actually on the 30th which i didn't know until recently because uh saturday you don't want to have a deadline on a saturday when there's day games and people getting pulled out Obviously, that can still happen if somebody's traded on like the 27th, but you don't want to have the deadline day when there's a slate of games going. So it'll be on the 30th. We'll start right around 11 Central. Yeah, something like that. Maybe yeah, noon or or one my time. I don't. We'll figure it out. It's going to be in the afternoon. And we'll go through the deadline and then about an hour to an hour and a half after, depending how rich of a deadline it is. If we got to go two hours after because we're assessing so many trades then right. so be it. But we've done a deadline show the last few years. We're doing another one this year. It's going to be great. Come join us on Twitch, yeah. on Twitter. We'll be hanging out and it'll be a blast. I can't it's wait. It's going to be a great time. Yeah. Thanks everybody for, uh, for tuning in for this one live. This was pretty great. Just impromptu all of a sudden. So I appreciate it. Yeah. You brought this up like 20 minutes before. Should we stream it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We can stream firesides going forward. So Nick, I will talk to you in eight days. I had to look at my calendar there uh, for another chat by the fireside. But thank you so much for hanging out. Peace. Of course. And as always, it's always great hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.